cutting things into pieces is what we're doing as we come back into the fast lane. We're cutting the discussion of the teams we cover in the Commonwealth into pieces, focusing on each school. Yes, that was the cheesy segue. Why not? And that's how we start things off right now in covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. JerryRatcliffe.com founder, Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe. Hootie, earlier today, non-conference schedule came out for the University of Virginia. Color me disappointed. The trip to Memphis is a weeknight game instead of a weekend game. Uh, I was hoping it would be a weekend game. But alas, they still have that among other non-conference games on their schedule. Are you surprised or not that Tony Bennett got very aggressive despite the roster change? A little bit, Ed, because it's kind of a new team that he's going to have. Uh, I mean, I know he's got Beekman and and uh, Ryan Dunn coming back, but uh, most of these guys are either new to the team or have, uh, I don't know, more responsibility than they had a year ago. Of course, McNeely is back as well. But uh, still, you know, I, I kind of thought he might take it a little easier <laughs> But there's some pretty powerful teams on there with Texas A&M, Florida, Wisconsin, West Virginia, SMU, and as you pointed out, Memphis uh, to go along with the ACC schedule. And they got a, they got a few uh, what I call rent the victims on there, but uh, for the most part, it's a pretty challenging schedule. It is, and that will be obviously complimented whenever the ACC releases its version of the schedule and we have a more complete picture of that. For baseball, are they back to being where you expected them to be based on last night, having Kyle Teal drafted 14th overall by the Boston Red Sox as the Virginia catcher goes in the first round, and then Jake Geloff, among others, drafted after that, Geloff by the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, that was uh, pretty much on par of what we expected. Teal, some people had him as high as fourth or sixth, but I think that was more of a case that, that more teams really weren't shopping for a catcher. So he dropped a little bit, but still uh, in pretty pretty darn good uh, company there, being the 14th pick overall in the draft. He's going to be a, a very wealthy young man. And Geloff uh, was, uh, believe it or not, drafted in the exact same position, number 60, as his older brother, uh, Jake, um, who's about ready to get up into the major leagues. He's in the minor leagues playing really well. Um, so, you know, I think both those guys have really bright futures in the game. And then they had a couple more kids drafted this afternoon, uh, which, you know, at that point, you don't know if they'll take the money and run or come back for a year or, or what they may do. Connor Early, one of the pitchers, was one of the guys. And um, I think O'Donnell was the other one. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they've had uh, these guys drafted in these positions. Uh, the Dodgers and I think the Red Sox got a couple of really good prospects. 
Indeed, and those are two of the more stout organizations. So if you're getting drafted by them, it says they see something in you. Fans probably need to see something in Virginia football before they get optimistic. You've got an article up. You and Chris Graham commented on it in the Jerry Ratcliffe Show podcast. Fitting timing, too, because season tickets, single-game tickets go on sale this coming Wednesday morning. Do you envision that they might be moving about as slow as molasses, so to speak? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've been on a lot of talk shows, Ed, and, and the question is asked is how enthusiastic should fans be or excited should they be about this season? Well, what is there to be excited about it? It's hard to find a, a supportive argument. You, won't, you don't want to be negative, but it's hard to find a lot to be positive about. I think, I think they should have a really good defense. Um, and even though they lost their two best defensive players through the portal, but the fact that, you know, even if they do have a good defense, they've got so many problems on offense that they have to figure out. Averaging only 17 points a game last season, my goodness, you're not going to beat anybody in today's modern game by scoring 17 points a game. Uh, you know, if they had just scored 24 points, which was Broncos' kind of cutoff number, if they'd have just done that three more times in, in certain games last year, they would have had a six and four record instead of a three and seven record, and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But they've got to find a way to generate points with an offense that lost most of its playmakers from last season. So a lot of eyes are going to be on training camp to see if anybody can produce and and put points on the board and move the chains. Jerry Ratcliffe always produces at jerryratcliffe.com and when he steps into the fast lane. Hootie, thank you much for your time today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and in a couple weeks we'll be uh, seeing you down in Charlotte for the ACC football kickoff. Right around the corner, Big Ed, I tell you. <laughs> it's summer ago. <laughs> it is. It's getting here quickly, Jerry Ratcliffe, with us here in the fast lane. Ed, I don't know who's... The Virginia Tech Hokies. Who's more excited for ACC Media Days, me or you? Because you know why I'm excited about it? Because I'll be be at the beach. You'll be at the beach, and I've got a 3 p.m. cutoff each day to get you segments so that we can have that content for you. Uh, We're going to be recording a number of interviews and thoughts down there. But uh, you know how this racket works. We, We might be live. Who knows? In the meantime, always live with us, at least Mondays in the fast lane, except for the occasional Tuesday, is David Cunningham of TechSideline.com. David, first off, Virginia Tech football. Boy, they've been on a tear in terms of recruiting over the last handful of weeks. How much have you noticed the perception of this program may be changing before our eyes, if nothing more than how it's perceived amongst potential future Hokies? Hey, Ed, great to be with you. Hope you had a great 4th of July. Uh, Yeah, I I think... We had a great Tech Sideline podcast, 300 episode last week um, that Will, Chris, Will Stewart, Chris Coleman, and I recorded, and we spent a lot of time talking about this exact topic, right? What is Virginia Tech doing so well on the recruiting trail? And I think a lot of it is the Oakleys are getting back to their bread and butter, what what they used to thrive with, right? They're, they're getting the top in-state, some of the top in-state talent, right? Um, Gerard Johnson, of course, picked Tech over Virginia. Chance Wiggins, the wide receiver, um, picked the Hokies last week. Um, Noah Jenkins is another kid who recently committed to Virginia Tech. Hokies are looking good for Keelan Adams, a four-star wide receiver, top five kid in the state. He's committing this upcoming Thursday. 
I think overall, Brent Fry and his staff, the, the culture is in the right place, and it is a place recruits feel welcome, and they understand the message and understand the vision, and they, they're buying in. And I think that's exactly what you want if you're the Hokies. And I've really seen it, like you mentioned, Ed, the perception of the Hokies on the recruiting trail change, right? A couple of years ago, Virginia Tech was struggling, right? Recruiting class was one of the worst in the conference. Around the 70s, 80s, in terms of national perception. Hokies are, are back up to fourth, fifth in the conference now. Um, they are, they're back where they should be. And I think this is step one for Pry. Um, step two is start winning games when it comes to September but um, obviously you've got a little bit of time until then but I think the Hokies have done a great job uh, as far as turning around this recruiting momentum and spinning it into positive light and um, it sure helps to, to get a lot of top 10 kids from number of states along the way yeah it has been. It's been a positive thing for Virginia Tech. They're not quite back to dominating the Commonwealth, but they at least appear to be taking progressive steps in that direction. Looks like Drew, Drew Hackenberg is taking steps out of Blacksburg, drafted in the second round by Atlanta. I'm a Phillies fan and hate to see that, but it also says uh, he's got some real good professional goods when an organization like Atlanta selects him in the second round. What do you rate in terms of that being a fit for Hackenberg and the Braves? Yeah, well, I think um, it just goes to show you how well the Hokies produce pitchers. One, um, you know, he's, I believe, the the 11th or 12th pitcher um, since John Sheff took over in in 2017 um, that's been drafted in the majors. So that's pretty impressive for Virginia Tech. But I think the Braves have a pretty good solid history of, you know, developing um, pitching talent. I think Hackenberg will be a great fit. Good thing for his family, too, right? He's the youngest of four brothers, um, and all three brothers have gone on to get drafted in their respective sports. Many people know Christian Hackenberg, his oldest brother who played at Penn State. He went to the Jets um, back in 2016, I believe. Um, two other brothers since then, one has gone and played professional soccer. The other one has in, uh, gone and played professional baseball. So Hackenberg's kind of just the, the next line, the next step in that line. Um, and it's really great for the program, right? Um, you know, Jack Hurley fell a little bit, but Jack Hurley ended up getting picked up today by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that's a great landing spot for, for Hurley, um, you know, top 40 prospect who ended up falling all the way to about 80. So, um, yeah, I think Arizona kind of got a steal there. Um, Christian Worley, another tech pitcher, got drafted uh, just a couple minutes ago um, by the St. Louis Cardinals. So I think the Hokies clearly, you know, even though they didn't necessarily translate that success in the wins on the diamond this year, um, you know, they didn't make didn't make the NCAA tournament, which is obviously a bummer. They, they continue to develop really good prospects and continue to have success in that regard. So um, you know, I think it just kind of just goes to show what John Chef is building there. And Drew Hackenberg, obviously the star pitcher for the Hokies past couple of years. It's great to see him go on and, and have that success. He's an yeah. awesome, awesome guy, class act. David Cunningham, class act and always bringing successful insight from TechSideline.com. David, great to speak with you and uh, likewise with Jerry Ratcliffe. Looking forward to seeing you down in Charlotte for ACC football kickoff in a couple weeks. Yeah, sounds good. See you in two weeks. Indeed. David Cunningham with us in the fast lane. Now to 
the Liberty Plane. A man we had on Friday in greater depth. You can check that out. Fastlane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts, is John Manson from SeaOfRed.com. We're now a couple of days into the era where Liberty University picked up arguably the biggest recruit with Jaden Bradford committing to Liberty University Friday, right before we had our edition of the Fast Lane. John Manson with us from SeaOfRed.com in the Fast Lane. John, a pleasure to have you back once again. We've now had a couple of days of this going by. You keep your finger on the pulse in terms of Liberty recruiting and the perception of recruits. Have you noticed an initial early bump within Liberty University football land from this commitment and how they are perceived, Liberty University that is? for having me on. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I was actually working on uh, for an article uh, today was the updated recruiting rankings for the, the class of 2024 for Liberty. And and with the Bradford commitment, as you can imagine, it, they got bumped up uh, top 80 class pretty much across the board, which may not sound like much, but uh, Liberty as a, a relatively new member of the FBS has typically been ranked around you know 100 to 110 uh, of uh, recruit rankings, uh, class rankings. Uh, but to be a top 80 class already here uh, early July is is pretty impressive and and uh, hopefully with a guy like Bradford and you know getting the attention of, of the nation of as far as college football college football recruiting uh, hopefully a few other uh, highly touted re- uh, recruits and prospects will uh, answer the phone when uh, coach Chadwell or someone on his staff uh, gives them a call do you expect that to continue right now over the summer months or is there a drop-off before the high school football season begins yeah, I think it's kind of cooled off a little bit uh, now in July. June was a real big push for, for most colleges around the country, uh, Liberty included, uh, picking up, uh, I believe it was a total of 13 commitments over the course of the month with 18 official visitors uh, during June. And, and now Ju- July is kind of a, a little bit of a cool period where uh, there's not as much uh, going on. But, uh, you know, recruiting is a year-round game. So I think uh, the, the next thing we'll see is, is August and September once the uh, fall seasons get started is having some more of these guys uh, uh, taking visits and some more top prospects. And, and with those 13 commits, you know, Liberty's pretty much got their – uh, solid foundation built for the class, and now it's just a matter of building on top of that and, and you know, swinging for the fences, so to speak. Good perspective because that means you can be more selective, but maybe doesn't scratch the instant gratification itch that's also out there. If you want that scratch, just go to aceofred.com for more content on Liberty Flames. John, thank you for joining us in the fast lane. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. John Manson from aceofred.com. When we come back in the fast lane, part two of covering the Commonwealth. Hillcats, NASCAR, and a little, well, you know the song that we haven't played much lately, but get to now. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Trey, who is shocked I found a way to get that in earlier than expected. I'm not, wait a minute. No, I'm not. No, no, time out. I'm not shocked. You're playing all the hits. I'm never shocked when you play that. I'm never <laughs> shocked when you, you hit your rotation of sound bites. So let's... Let's not get one to let's 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 keep it straight here. It's Monday, and I'm I'm always locked into you, bud. DJ Eze over here. Before we get carried away, let's give it a timeout and come back hopefully with a reset in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.